You are listening to the Becoming Yourself podcast, your bi-weekly dose of self-discovery hosted by me, Veronica Tai, and me, Olena Gieses. We are a lifestyle and personal development podcast created for women who feel like they might be living the wrong version of their lives, but know that they're capable of something much bigger and better. Our promise is to deliver authentic content to help you develop a better relationship with the most important person there is, with yourself, and see what incredible impact it can have on all areas of your life. Welcome to the journey of becoming yourself. Hey guys, welcome back to the Becoming Yourself podcast. It's me, Veronica Tai, and... Olana is here as well. <laughs> yes, we are so excited for you to tune in with us for today's episode. Actually, we're always excited for you guys to be hanging out with us. We really enjoy this time together. Today, we are talking about a topic that I, it's my beat. I love it. I think um, <laughs> my jam, if, if, that's, if that's what we would call it, mind body connection. And both Elena and I have experienced over our own self-growth journeys how important a mind-body connection is. So listen, you guys, we spend so much time using our brains, which of course we have so much to be thankful for, and the brain absolutely deserves recognition for keeping us alive. It helps us be logical to rationalize, and to analyze. And as I just mentioned, keep us alive and from making really stupid decisions in our lives. (laughs) And save, absolutely. But as amazing as the brain is, our bodies also have abundance of messages for us as well. It's an abundance of intelligence. But the unfortunate thing is the way that we were raised and the society that we live in, a lot of times we put so much time, emphasis, and effort into understanding our brains and paying attention to our minds, but we neglect the body part. And get this, if you really want to see what the difference is between the brain and the body, well, the brain processes 40 bits of information per second, which is amazing, very outstanding. But if you were to count the entire nervous system in the body, including your heart brain and your gut brain, which both host bundles of nerves in that area, well, it processes 11 million bits of information per second. Holy moly, maybe it does know a thing or two. And what's Mm -hmm. really cool is that when you learn to make a mind-body connection, and you learn to listen to your body, well, that's what some would call tapping into their intuition. That's when you get to the place where you just know, where you can actually find alignment to feel out your best path, to find your North Star, whatever it is that you want to call it. And when you're able to establish a mind-body connection, You can use mind and body to lean on each other to help you. So what happens is the mind follows the body. The body follows the mind. That's what I tell my yoga students all the time. If you're having trouble and restlessness in the mind, calm and slow the body. The mind will follow. 
If you're having trouble and restlessness in the body, like you're fidgety and you can't really calm down, calm the mind, start breathing, and the body will follow. So, Helena, mind-body, this is going to be a huge topic. We're really just going to touch the tip of the iceberg just enough for you guys to start getting an idea of how you might develop a relationship with your mind-body connection and also some tools for you to actually help develop the connection between your mind and body. So, Elena, yeah. how, what's, <laughs> like, what's it been like, your yeah, mind-body my... journey? So, let me just start by saying that it's, it's probably one of the areas of um, in our coaching practice that was probably hardest for me to crack. Um, and the reason is, um, just like most people out there, I was very disconnected from my body. Um, like our teacher, Martha Beck, was telling us, some Americans can have six PhDs but have no idea how their body feels. <laughs> and I feel like I'm... I was one of those people and um, just tracing it back to our childhoods, especially like I was born and raised in USSR. <laughs> well, was born in USSR, but was raised in Ukraine. Very common things that parents tell their kids. And I'm sure here as well. Don't cry. Don't complain. Don't feel. We're, I wasn't taught to feel my emotions. What I was taught is to avoid them and suppress them and numb them. So when we started learning um, about mind-body connection, and I actually started paying attention to how my body feels and how much knowledge my body has, it was mind-blowing to me. Um, it, is, it is a way for us to access our compass, our intuition, our body knows where we should be going. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I have not mastered this. Um, it's something I am still learning about through di different teachers and, and different um, um, yeah, personal development gurus, uh, which all of them have different takes on it. But yes, as you said, understanding how much wiser our bodies are compared to our brains, um, and how much all of us live in our heads versus our bodies. That's crazy. Yeah, right. I I like that you brought back what Martha Beck said. You could have six PhDs and not <laughs> and don't know, know how your feet feels, <laughs> and you don't even know where your feet are or how your feet feel. You can be a freaking yoga teacher and still have some sort of disconnection with your body. And I'm saying that because that was me. I started at a very similar place to where you were saying, Elena, a place where I was very much in my head, that type A perfectionistic place, right? And I was always kind of caught up with being able to think linearly. And I was, I took a lot of pride in academia, which I still think all those things are great, minus the perfectionism. I think all of those things are great. However, are you really living when you don't have a relationship with your body? And I'm going to be bold and say the answer is no, you're not. Because your body is where you feel your emotions 
and feelings. Your emotions and feelings, aside from it being the richness of the experiences that you have throughout this entire life, is also something that draws you deeper and deeper and deeper into the layers of your truest self. Your Mm -hmm. truest self lives within the whispers of your body. And I think that's also why this is a practice that I I don't know. I don't know, Elena. I don't think that this is something we master, you know, (laughs) listening to the body. It is not. But I think the the idea and the concepts I was able to grasp, which was important for me to understand the mind-body connection and the importance of it, is, first of all, the difference between feelings, emotions, and thoughts. I think it is very important to understand. So something interesting I learned from Eckhart Tolle, he calls emotions is the body's response to a thought, right? Mm -hmm. So we have certain chemicals released um, into our body when we, when we think a thought, which, which shows that the emotion is something that arises usually as an after, aftertaste of a thought. We could call it that way. Feelings is not the same as emotion. Feeling is a sensation. Feeling is something you are experiencing. Tingliness, tightness. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but I think it's a very, it's very important to, to have this, um, understanding of the difference, um, between these, these concepts. So, um, so why so do we need to feel our emotions? Oh my gosh. Let's, let's go into the. <laughs> I just want to clarify. So, okay, for today, in the context that we're talking about, the feelings, or sorry, the emotions is like anger, jealousy, fear, anxiety. And the feelings, you're talking about the sensations of the feelings. Yeah. The sensations. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's how we'll use feelings and emotions today. Because sometimes people use feelings and emotions interchangeably. So I just want to call that out. And that actually reminds me with your question of why do we need to feel our feelings and emotions? Mm-hmm. Because, because they live in our bodies to give us messages. And when you push those messages down, it tries to get louder. And when you keep pushing even the louder messages down, it's going to show up as a stomach ache, shoulder pain, hip pain, or maybe something worse, maybe an ulcer. And the examples that I've given, they're not uncommon. You know that when you're too nervous, you get a stomach ache. That happens. You know that when you're too stressed, you have shoulder and neck pain. Well, where in the heck is that coming from? That's Mm -hmm. coming from feeling, or that's coming from the emotion of stressed, but not actually acknowledging or moving through it. So your body, aside from having this intelligence, is also a storehouse for the experiences that you have, good and the bad. In fact, it's the storehouse of your implicit memory. So things that happened to you when you were younger, any trauma that you may have experienced, it's still there. If you didn't take the time to work through it, to process through it, it's still there and it still shows up regardless if you want it to or not. An example of that is uh, just pretend you got yelled at for talking when you were a kid at school and you were like seven or something like that. And that was just really scary. So you get shivers up your spine every single time and your heart palpates every time you start talking because you got 
so rejected and yelled at. And then present day, you are an adult trying to speak up in a meeting or an adult trying to speak up for a presentation. And you, and you still, have the exact same reaction. You still get the tingles <laughs> up your spine. And but you have no idea where it's coming patients. from. <laughs> your body's awesome. a storehouse for that. Yeah, That's why it's really important to develop a relationship and not to bypass what it is that you are feeling or emoting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great. Yeah, that, that's so true. I, I have so many reactions to things that I'm still trying to understand where they're coming from. I would, for example, something that just came to me. Um, is that I would ha- I would start tearing up every time someone would give me praise, like something that I still haven't cracked yet. But it's so interesting. Like if someone mm-hmm. would start praising me, I I have tears in my eyes. How crazy is that? That that's an emotion, right? Stuff. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, something. So there's something there. There is something sure. there. I yeah. did not get to the bottom of it yet, but um, yeah, something yet. For me to explore you know um, what i'm curious about mm-hmm. what was your journey like coming to a point of uh, creating a mind-body connection within yourself oh yeah that's interesting so i think uh, I know you and I talked about me being a bit more rational, probably in my (laughs) approach. That's why it's also the reason why it's so hard for me to connect with my body. I'm, I'm constantly in my head. Mm -hmm. But I think this is what's important. You, as you mentioned, we have this gut brain and heart brain, right? Like um, a cluster of nerves in our gut um, that, and I always know well, intuitively, you know, your gut knows better than your brain. I would have these situations in my life when I was like, I would make a decision and then I'm like, shoot, I know I should have listened to my gut. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners had the same experience when, when you follow your, your head, when in fact, then uh, as an afterthought, you're like, I knew I should have gone the different direction. So I think I had those little, whispers as Oprah calls them, you know, your life whispers to you all the time. You know, it's first it's like little quiet whispers. And then, you know, it can be a pebble up your head and then you get a brick. And then, you know, and then you start questioning is, is my, is my thinking helping me? Or am I going against my, um, my true self? (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. So my journey was, here's what's, what's, what I realize is very important. Noticing what stories I tell myself around my emotions and, and consciously stop myself from identifying with those stories because those stories is what causes me suffering. Becoming mm-hmm. aware of what I'm feeling, but letting go of the mental label and just experiencing the emotion and and again you said that so well why do we de- why do we need to develop this awareness to access our intuition right because we need to separate our emotion from our thought and our emotion is the way our body responds to our thoughts right so if we first start paying attention how our body responds to certain thoughts this is how we access 
what Martha Back calls stargazer or our essential self, mm-hmm. right? Um, Absolutely. And, and under- yeah. Well, and- your your brain tells you what you should do, what you need to do, what you ought to do. Your yeah. body, because it connects you to your innermost true self, tells you what you're meant to do. And I like how you were giving us the example of like so many times you were like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I should have just listened to my gut. I think it's amazing that you knew that your gut was saying something to begin with because I was seriously like tone deaf when it came to my intuition or what my body was saying. I mistrusted my own intuition so hard that I always let my head take over. And that's why I ended up in uh, the corporate world. That's why I went into oil and gas because I should, right? I should. I knew I didn't want to. That part of it had to get really loud. And that part was really, really loud. That was like, no, don't do it. This isn't your path. Please don't. But my head's like, no, you know, a real adult does this. And a real adult who lives where I live that's smart does this. Like, I need to. I ought to. I should. Mm-hmm. If I had listened to my body all along, it said the same thing 10,000 times. Same thing. You are meant to. You're meant to essentially do the work that I'm doing now. It's just mm-hmm. scary sometimes to follow it. But with all that said, I don't want to discredit like our brain's either. It's just use your body as your compass to be like, oh, maybe I should take a step right. Mm -hmm. Rather than using your head to tell you where to step, use your body to be like, oh, you need to go right. And then use your head to help you get there. So for example, when I was like, hey, I know now that I need to veer toward helping people in a deeper, more meaningful capacity, I needed my brain to say, sign up for coaching, sign (laughs) up to get trained in coaching. And then I did that. That was very intuitive decision for me too, by the way. Mm. I, well, (laughs) I wouldn't call it, actually, I, I was, I knew I wanted to, to go into coaching over three years ago when I went to see Tonya Robbins live for the first time. And I saw those coaches um, going around and like talking to people and helping people. And I saw them on the stage and I was like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I want to do. And guess what? It took me three years of rationalizing this in my head, (laughs) having to go hire coaches myself and, um, you know, going through all this unnecessary suffering to finally decide, okay, I'm going to sign up for a coaching course. So basically my body knew that I wanted to do it. The moment I I came to see um, him live, basically I spent four days in this a full immersion event type environment. And I, I, I was like, I, I don't know what these people are doing. I don't even know how it's cold, right? Because I came there to heal myself because I was in emotional pain. I needed, like, I had no idea what coaching was. <laughs> but I was like, whatever these people do are doing, I want to do. Me and too. Then, yeah. <laughs> like, and by way of Tony Robbins, I, I first found out about him in my very first corporate job, but it wasn't until 10 years later that I actually ended up, you know, taking some action. And I just remember the last few 
years slash months that I was at my very last corporate job, that's what I kept asking because I was looking desperately for that something that was burning inside me that I just knew had to be more meaningful and more purposeful. And I was like, what is it? What is it? And Mm -hmm. I actually worked in leadership and employee development. So we were teaching a bunch of like courses or hosting a bunch of courses. I would actually put together the events. I wouldn't teach it, but I would put together at the events like uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Mm -hmm. Effective People from something like that all the way to how to make your first hire or how to do a good interview. And I just remember going to the more senior members of the team being like, what's this thing called? Do you, do you know Tony Robbins? Yeah. 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 And like Stephen Covey, um, do you guys, have you guys ever heard of Marie Forleo? And I just kept trying to like ask them if they knew Martha Beck, but they didn't. That was maybe a little bit like too off from the corporate world, but I just kept trying to find out what that was called like what is that (laughs) called is that um leadership development or is that change management and i knew it was hard to trust and i kept looking for a damn box guys Mm -hmm. (laughs) there is no box truth of the matter is that whatever your intuition is guiding you to most likely There is no box for it because it's unique to you. Mm -hmm. It's you and your soul. There's nobody else that tells you what your job description should be or what your life description should be. Mm -hmm. Yep. A hundred percent. So again, our bodies know our bodies know on that note, I thought it was important in, in this context to bring up the lizard brain. Once again, I know we talked (laughs) about it. Um, in one of our episodes before, but it's very closely tied to the mind-body connection, I think, because I think you started by saying that our brain um, has a function, like there's a lot of good functioning that our brain is giving us, right? Like there there is um, um, the lizard brain, and then there is a more developed part of our brain that helps us be more creative, more rational, etc., but the lizard brain or, you know, the reptilian brain that was developed many, many, many thousands of years ago when we as humans were starting to interact with each other um, in tribes and the function of that brain was to protect us from the wilderness, um, help us uh, survive. That brain is still do- like doing the same thing and has the same function. That is why we're so disconnected from our body, because once our brain gives us a signal, we fight, flight, or freeze. That's the function. But notice how those primal fears or instincts are basically the same. The easiest way to see how your body compass works or how your body responds to to fear, if you're on the top of the mountain or or like looking down from the cliff. I feel like if I even thinking about it, I get this thing in my gut, right? Like a pit in my stomach, like looking down from a very, very high mountaintop. Do you, can you feel it too right now as you like, as you're thinking? Yeah. I actually say that my, (laughs) I'm not afraid of heights, but my body's afraid of heights. Exactly. That's another example. Like, I'm all like, yeah, cool. No, I can climb up here. And my body's all like, 
no, you really no. shouldn't. So I've been, <laughs> I've been known to actually end up on my belly sometimes mm-hmm. when we're climbing yeah. up a mountain or like a tree stump. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah. But anyways, yeah, that that is the basic way to explain the lizard brain, right? Like we have the same instincts. So lizard brain actually has some good intentions. It protects us from falling off the cliff and gives us some, you know, gives us that good fear. Don't do it. Save yourself. Protect yourself. Or if there's a bear coming out when you're camping, your lizard brain immediately tells you what to do. Like freeze, don't move or whatever, right? Like it gives you that thing. But also our lizard brain perceives everyday small events as threats. Um, and instead of paying attention to how our body reacts, we cling to that brain instinct, right? Instead of paying attention to the signals our body is sending to us. So I think that that is very important to understand about the lizard brain. And it's something I have to be mindful of all the time. All the time I need to, as you, Veronica, was teaching us in one of the previous episodes... Pay attention to when my lizard enters the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Pay like, attention. So, so and important. how do you know it's entered the room? What happens to your breathing? What happens to your feelings and emotions? And what happens to your body? So actually, you are able to feel that lizard in your body as well. And that's where the mind-body connection comes in. The body will never lie to you. Your body will tell you uh, what's a good example. So let's say you're all like, anytime you make a change, you try to go on a worthy endeavor, or even you try to take a new course, even something like that, your brain, that lizard brain is going to be like, no, that's unfamiliar. Don't do it. You might die. And it'll give you Mm -hmm. all these thoughts of like, no, what if you fail? What if it's just a waste of money? What if... Yeah, you just never make it and people laugh at you for even trying to become a whatever it is that you want to become, right? So in that case, you're going to still feel that fear response in your body. Maybe you get those shivers up your spine and your heart starts to palpitate, but your body cannot lie. If it's aligned to your deepest truth, there's always the sense of openness, Like as scary as it is, even though the shivers are coming up your spine, even though your heart's beating really fast, it's like, oh, but overall it feels a little bit like freeing and it feels open. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are in imminent danger or there's something that's not aligned to your deepest truth and the lizard brain kicks in, because the lizard brain cannot discern. It cannot discern if it's a bear outside of your tent or you're just trying to do a dance recital in front of 100 people. It's the same (laughs) deal to it. So if you are in imminent danger, like a bear is right outside your tent, I can feel that one. (laughs) Because I was just backcountry camping. I would freeze. I was so scared. I know you were supposed to do something else, but I think I would just freeze. I think you're supposed to make yourself big and yeah, good not luck show, to me. but I, let it know I that you're predator, right there. not food. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah, you guys got a little bear safety 101. Anyway, <laughs> but if it my, is my a- lizard brain would clearly not save me in this situation. 
and, I would not be well, able to, th- to think <laughs> straight. Well, it will do what it knows to do for your survival. Yeah. And if you can <clears throat> think about being in that position, you wake up, you pop out of your tent, there's a bear. What happens to your body? The whole yeah. thing freezes and constricts. It mm-hmm. Can you just, just like the heights thing that you were saying, can you feel that? Like your body is bracing itself. It's getting smaller. It's getting tighter. Mm-hmm. That's imminent yeah. danger. That is not mm-hmm. being in a tent with a bear right outside of it is not a path that's for your highest good. <laughs> you do not want to be in that situation. <laughs> so your body is going to feel that way to show you if it's go right, even though it's scary and you're all good because it still feels open and freeing or mm-hmm. do not go right. Do not <laughs> go right because everything constructs. And Actually, now that we're talking about this, why not? Why not keep talking about it and tell people about the body compass? Because we've talked yeah, about Yeah, I was how, just thinking about it. Yeah, because yeah. we talked about why mind-body connection is so important. Mm-hmm. And now perhaps we can show them how to develop this mind-body connection, how yeah. to listen to your intuition, which mm-hmm. before I developed or before I established a stronger relationship with my mind-body connection, I thought connecting to your intuition was like a talent or that Mm -hmm. only a special few like (laughs) Oprah gets. Because Oprah's like, you know those whispers that your soul gives you? I was like, no, I'm trying to listen. I can't hear shit. So let's, yeah, let's tell them about the body compass. Um, Yeah, so, okay. So body compass. And honestly, first I thought it's a little woo-woo. I because I am, I'm the telling myself my stories that I'm a very rational person. I don't do this body compass thing. But honestly, if you can't feel your body or don't know how your body feels, are you even alive? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I feel like you're not even alive if you don't know. So I call it the body compass is actually a way to test your intuition. And it's uh, there's an interesting thing I found on in, on Instagram. If you're unsure, flip a coin. Once the coin leaves your hand, before you look, notice internally which side you're rooting for. That's the one that your inner self have chosen. Trust it. And that is your intuition. Because every time we have to make a hard decision in life, like, you know how you're like, I have no idea what I want. Let me just flip a coin. Let's say you don't know if you want to go live in LA or New York. Let's say you have two opportunities and you need to flip a coin. When you're, when you're flipping a coin, there will be a side you will be rooting for. And this is your body giving you signal which side, which, which path do you want to choose? And that is your intuition. And that is exactly what your body is telling you. So this is how our body compass works by using an example of flipping a coin. So body compass is exactly what it is. You do a body scan, you calibrate your body like a compass. And if you've ever meditated, you know that you just, you know, you you go through from your feet to your head and you try to feel your body. You literally Try to feel the vibration and aliveness of your feet, of your hand, of every part of your body. You just, you just tune in. You just do a scan. You notice any sort of sensations you're feeling. 
and you will likely notice that you have a lot of tightness in your chest area. This is where a lot of people are getting their, their tightness. That's a feeling that, that is, um, a signal that your body is giving you because any discomfort is, is your GPS system. Any emotion is your action signal. So the fact that you have tightness somewhere in your body or, or unpleasant emo or unpleasant sensation, it means that your body is sending you a signal that something is off. So, um, as, as Veronica, you mentioned, what does the right path feels like? It always feels like lightness. It always feels like freedom. Um, it all, <laughs> to me, it feels like flying and something we do in coaching as we walk our clients through this exercise, or in fact, we do it with ourselves. I do it with myself, myself to calibrate my body compass is remember a negative experience in, in my life that ever happened to, to me. I'm sure all of you had something that was really negative shitty experience like i lost my all of my, all of my documents were stolen when i came to canada i remember that day vividly when oh, i was yeah. moving houses and all my belongings were stolen and i just remember i vividly remember how i felt um it was such a shitty experience i remember that pit in my stomach i would say like i couldn't breathe my breath was shallow I felt like my lungs were full of rocks, <laughs> right? Like that is how I felt. I can vividly remember that feeling. That does not taste like freedom. That does not taste like lightness. That does not feel like openness. It feels very, very constricted. What you, Veronica, said, like that feeling is shitty. Every time we have a negative experience, our body feel like feels it. And then I'm trying to remember a good experience or a peak experience that um, happened in my life. And I'm sure you guys can recall, recollect something. It's like you had an amazing birthday party. Well, you fell in love or had a baby or your wedding day. Well, for some people, it can be a shitty experience. <laughs> so, so I don't know. But generally speaking, it's, it's, it's a good experience. And usually those experiences feel like light, weightless, fizzy like it's a flying experience it's a very like if you close your eyes and actually walk you through that day you will likely have a smile on your face your shoulders you know well you're not not be slouchy like you you're just gonna feel lightness and that is how you, your body feels in in a in a good state when you're doing something amazing and wonderful and basically those two experiences is your body body's way of saying what's right for you and what's wrong for you so i know we just discussed something very like a, some vivid experiences but the same rule can be applied then once you know how your body feels in, in two different scenarios, the same rule basically can be applied to any situation in your life, any decision that you are not sure about. Like, you want to quit your job and go live somewhere else. <laughs> Close your eyes and see how that feels. I know your mind will rationalize it and give you a thousand reasons why you shouldn't be doing 
but your body might tell you a totally, totally different story. And then obviously, then it's up to you to decide what you want to do with it. But your your body always knows better. Um, yeah. And that has been my experience. And sometimes it takes me years of lying to myself, despite what my body tells me, like I did with before I took a coach training. Oh, the excuses my, my mind was giving me coach coaching. Who the hell is going to take you seriously? How old mm-hmm. are you, girl? You a life coach? Like, please, like, that's funny. That's just funny. You're, you're, you, you need to get your life together. You need to get your shit together. And like, my mind would just like keep spinning and giving me all of these stupid excuses to not do it. Until one day, I finally freaking decided to listen to my body because my discomfort of my life was more painful than not doing it. So why yeah. wait instead of just like tuning in and listening? Now I'm, I'm trying to really, really pay attention to what my body is telling me. That was Ooh. such a good explanation. <laughs> that was a spiel. <laughs> that was an awesome explanation of the body compass. And you guys, if you're listening in, and when we were talking about earlier, of like, oh, if it feels open, then it's good for you. And if it feels, you know, closed, then it's bad for you. And you're like, what are you talking about? I don't even know how that feels then this is where you need to pay attention. And uh, even if you do have a good sense of your body and what feels open and what feels closed, still, let me give you a recap anyways so that you can take the time to calibrate your body compass. And then you're able to feel beyond good or bad and be a lot more in tune with that intuition. So based on what Elena was saying, see, the first thing you do is you anchor yourself to a negative experience. And I just want to be clear that this is not something traumatic because when you bring trauma into the picture, the body does all sorts of crazy things. That's not where we want you to be. And we don't want you to get stuck there at all. And by trauma, and by trauma, we mean like someone's death or or a very painful breakup or something that you went into like a depressive state. Yeah. (laughs) You you don't want to go there. Yeah, exactly. That you haven't processed through yet. So keep that in mind. The first thing to do is think about a negative experience that you had in your life and really let yourself be there. Noticing all of the details, like what you wore, if you were eating anything, what you saw, heard, tasted, smelled and touched what you were doing. Let yourself be there and then do that body scan from your toes all the way up to your head. Just noticing what's tensing, what might be vibrating, and the sensations around it. So sometimes, uh, as Elena mentioned, people who are in a negative emotional state, they'll feel tightening. Uh, Some people might feel heat, some might feel tingling. So take your time, don't rush through it from your feet all the way up through to your head, noticing how everything feels. And by the way, if you don't feel anything, that also gives you a signal. Yes, nothing is, yeah, nothing (laughs) Nothing. is also a signal, totally. (laughs) And then take note 
of the most prominent feelings. You'll have one or two feelings that you're like, holy crap, that felt really bad. And for me, it's this tightening of my chest and kind of around my rib cage. Then you'll rate what that negative experience was in your life, like that you were thinking of from a scale of negative 10, negative 10 being like, oh my God, it was just the worst to zero, zero being neutral. How bad was it? Hopefully you chose a negative experience around like around like the more dramatic end, maybe a negative eight or negative nine, even negative seven is good too, just so that you can get a strong reading. Give it a name. Elena, you were saying it felt like rocks, right? Rocks were in your lungs or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my indication is shallow breath. Like I usually, it's a suffocation for me. When something shitty happens, I just like, you know how like you don't get enough air in your lungs and you can't breathe? Like that's my indication. So I call it like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get air in my lungs. So it's like I have lungs full of rocks. You want it to be unusual. You want the name to be unusual and, or you were saying distinct? Distinct name, yes. Just something you would remember as like a shitty feeling, yeah. Exactly, Um, because you want to... Martha Beck gave gave us some examples of like some people would call it, you know, a mouthful of glass or... Um, something, something elephant like sitting on your chest. <laughs> For me, it feels like my ribs are stabbing my organs. Yeah, it, <laughs> well. it's vivid. It's vivid, yeah. and you want it to be distinct, vivid, and the name to be quite unusual. Because when you're in the heat of things and things are happening, it's kind of you want to have a better cue than good or bad you want to know yeah, that's what's really not a label <laughs> so that yeah so that when i feel my ribs kind of closing into my organs i'm like oh this i don't think this is good okay you do that then you shake it off shake it off shake it off shake it off i'm literally flicking my wrists right now because i want that memory to move through me and out of me then Think of a happy incident. It's a lot better on this side. A happy incident. And you do the whole thing all over again. Let yourself notice and be in that moment what you see, hear, smell, taste, and maybe even feel. Then you move from your feet all the way up to your head. Don't rush. Take your time. And just notice the sensations within your body. Uh, For many or almost all people, they'll feel an expansion, but it's all unique. So if you don't feel expansion, no problem. Some people feel fizzing or tingling. uh, And you want to stick to the sensations, not just concepts, not like my heart's smiling. Okay, cool. But (laughs) what's it feel like for your heart to smile? Maybe it's a release in your heart center area. And then you do the same thing from a scale of zero to 10 this time. How happy was that incident? Again, hopefully you were able to choose one that was pretty darn happy, like a seven to 10 happy so that you can get a powerful reading. You put a distinct and unusual name to it. Some, what's yours? Do you, what's your happy I, I usually call it flying. Like to me, it feels like oh, flying. I love that. When, some, yeah. when I feel happy, I have wings. <laughs> yeah, I get like I get like happy butterflies. It's almost like a whoop, and it feels like excitement. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then you know. 
not every single situation in your life is going to be like the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. But now that you have those readings, when those sensations begin to arise in your body, you have a much better idea of which way you're headed. And then you practice. Don't practice on your big decisions yet, whether you should move to LA or New York. (laughs) Practice on something small, (laughs) like, I don't know, should you have an orange or a peach today? Should you have a banana? (laughs) And then you go a little bit bigger. For example, should you meet up with this person today? And that's really, that's an interesting one to play with, like the people in your life. What kind of body reaction do you get from them? Oh, yeah. I I don't know if I mentioned that before, but another way to test intuition that I love and something I noticed is that when someone is calling you, are you rushing to pick up the phone on your or, or, or are you saying, fuck, I don't want to talk to this person? Yeah. That is your body giving you a clue. It's usually you have this ew feeling, right? You know that ew feeling when someone is calling you and you're like, I don't want to pick up the phone. Yeah. That is also, notice how your body gives you a signal (laughs) there. Or if my best friend is calling me and I haven't heard from her, like, I don't know, in three months, I have a few friends who live abroad. And when they call me, I'm like, I have that flying feeling. It's like, I'm (laughs) so excited to talk to them. So exactly. might not be the same flying feeling as, you know, when I have, I don't know, I am uh, traveling and standing somewhere, you know, on the edge of the cliff. <laughs> but it, but my body compass is on a positive side of things, on a positive scale that yeah. you were referencing. Mm-hmm. It's a great compass. This is a great first step for you to start really strengthening and developing that mind-body connection. Play play around with uh, what you've got on your to-do list today and just play around with that, mopping the floor, cleaning the tables. And actually, now that I'm mentioning chores, that's a really good <laughs> time for me to say it's not definitive. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. definitive that when you... Oh, and that's how you measure it from a scale of negative 10 to plus 10. Where does your body compass land? It'll land probably somewhere in between. So when you're thinking about mopping the floor, maybe it's a plus two. And you think about cleaning the toilet, it's like a minus five. But does it mean that you just don't do it because it just doesn't feel right? And that means you're not aligned to it. No, there are some things (laughs) like cleaning the toilet that you're still just going to have to do. But what you can do, this will be a next layer and probably for another episode, but what you can do is start to better understand why it's a minus five. And when we take it to bigger examples of LA to New York, like if it's not reading that great on your compass, like it's a minus five or minus six, you can start to dig. That's where the coach, like that's where even more coaching comes in. And that's how we actually start a lot of our conversations <laughs> with our clients. Like, okay, so this is a decision you've made in life that you're not feeling so great about in your body. Let's see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But first, number one, step one, guys, we'll start small. Step one. If you didn't follow along with us while we were telling you how to calibrate your body compass, re-listen to it now calibrate your body compass and then use it on the list of stuff that you have to do today start Mm -hmm. there and that's perfect yeah that's a really good um 
overview of things. But on this note, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, cleaning the toilet or mopping the floor can be um, really can give you a really negative body compass reading, being like, Ugh, I just don't want to do it. So do not do it. So this is where an important thing comes into play, into play that I think is also important to mention here. Something that we always talk about, that pain is inevitable, but <laughs> suffering is optional. Sometimes our thoughts about going and doing something can cause us more suffering than the actual event of going and freaking mopping that floor, <laughs> right? Or cleaning so, the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or cleaning the toilet. Um, because there is, there is clean and dirty pain. Um, something that I believe, Veronica, you brought up in the previous episodes as well. Clean pain is the pain we're getting from the actual experience. Like when you're actually cleaning the toilet and you're feeling like, ugh, I hate doing this. That's the clean pain. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, And the dirty pain is all the thoughts about this event. Well, an example I have for, for myself, it's usually not about cleaning the toilet, but about like a work task that I have to do. And the thoughts I have about doing this task, sometimes I, ha I would have thoughts for like days about how much I hate doing this, how much I don't want to do it. And then How long does it take me to do it at the end of the day? Like sometimes it takes me like 20, 30 minutes to do. So all the suffering I cause myself <laughs> from just thinking about the task, not from doing the task. So this is something important. And this is our like the next step from, from Body Compass that yeah. Veronica mentioned. Like this is, we're already getting into the area of tools and solutions. But I think that's also an important thing to keep in mind that pain is inevitable And suffering is optional. And all the suffering that, like 99% of suffering that we as human beings have come from our thoughts about the events, not from the actual events. Exactly. So that's your bonus for today, you guys. <laughs> I think now is a good time to wrap it yeah. up. I don't like to use the word homework. So we'll say takeaways. If anyone out there has a really good word that they like to use instead of assignment or homework, or maybe even takeaways, please let me know because I'm very curious to add that word to my vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, takeaways are good. Yeah. One. Oh, 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 one more thing. This is a resource though. If you haven't downloaded my guided journaling exercise, seven prompts to help you slow down and find ease, this is going to be really helpful for you, especially when you're calibrating and learning to use your body compass. So go to veronicatai.com forward slash resources to download it and use it now. Yay. I'm sure it's really good. I need to download this today. <laughs> I'm going to go and download this today. Um, and guys, please, we know that some of you who are listening are loving it because you're letting us know. So if you are enjoying this episode, we hope you will share it with someone who you think might like it as well. And guys, also, if you feel inclined to do so, we would be so happy if you go and um, leave us a review or rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. 
it will make us super super happy and if you want to check out what veronica and i are doing you can go and check me out on my website at superwoman.school and veronica is veronicatai.com awesome thanks again so much for hanging out with us today we really enjoy this time together with you feel your body guys feel your body work on feeling your body (laughs) catch you guys in a couple of weeks all right bye Bye.